But the message that she was sending at that moment was, if you wanna get where I am, you better wear your hair straight. That simple example is how implicit bias is formed and systemic racism continues to live because yeah. that message is straight hair is better. And Becky, who normally has straight hair? White people. Welcome to the heart of the matter in black and white with Essence Revels and Becky Holloway. Today, we will be highlighting our experiences around the topic of black hair. Okay, so if we just dive right into our topic and we think about how there is such strength and power in hair, right? Like think about how you feel when someone tells you your hair looks nice. Yeah. There's like a sense of beauty and acceptance when you receive compliments about your hair, right? In general. And yes. it's not just with women. I'm realizing, for example, every time my husband gets a haircut and I don't tell that man he looks handsome, <laughs> oh, you better believe I am going to hear all about it. Mine's because the like, same your, way. <laughs> your see, your appearance, the appearance of your hair makes you feel beautiful or handsome and like bad hair days don't make you feel good. <laughs> frankly you're right, right you're right exactly so a little bit of background my hair is naturally curly and I straighten it often and we can get back to later on why I straighten it so much and I wanted to talk about an experience that I had at a company I used to work for where an executive was telling me that she loved my curly hair oh essence your hair looks so nice curly and then she proceeds to tell me that she only wears her hair curly because <clears throat> her hair is naturally curly as well. She only wears her hair curly on the weekends because a male board member told her that her that curly hair was unprofessional. What? So, so let's think about that, right? So this executive Becky was two levels ahead of me and in a position that eventually I desired to be in. But the message that she was sending in unconscious or conscious at that moment was if you want to get where I am you better wear your hair straight and right. that 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 simple example is how implicit bias is formed and systemic racism continues to live like this is why because yeah. that message is straight hair is better and Becky who normally has straight hair white people Right. Black hair is usually not naturally straight, but corporate America continues to send the message that straight hair is more professional. Literally, the, the law was just passed that you can't judge someone and not hire someone because they have dreadlocks. Like, <laughs> so was this executive, um, was she a white woman or a black woman? White woman. She was a white woman. So she had curly hair and straightened it during the week because she felt that she was told that was more professional. Yes. So, because this is really interesting. I was, as I was thinking about this topic, I, <laughs> this is where it really pressed on my own ignorance. And I, I was like, I'm not really sure what I'm going to contribute to this conversation because I don't know much about black hair. And, but then I started thinking about it. I'm like, well, wait a second. That's not entirely true. I know what it's like to have hair that isn't always the easiest to deal with. And then I just started thinking about like women in general and how they deal with their hair. And I don't know a woman alive who hasn't struggled at some point in her life with her hair. Like nobody, right? I mean, I have like super fine, but I have a lot of it, um, silky straight hair that 
as I've gotten older has gotten a little bit of wave, but in general, like I could blow dry it in 10 minutes and it'll be absolutely poker straight. But that hair is also not always the easiest to deal with, especially when I was younger, because it was super staticky. It was really slippery. It would fall out of like every hairstyle. And do you know what I wanted essence? I wanted curly hair. Do you know how many nights I laid with rollers in my hair? Because all I wanted was curly hair. And so I always kind of get this impression with women. It's like, you want what you don't have. And I didn't realize there was such a racial component. I thought it was just like a a hair thing. I didn't, and again, this is me coming from, you know, my white privilege where I'm just assuming everyone's having the same experience as me. But when I talk to other women, it's like, oh yeah, I have curly hair and I, you know, I get these expensive keratin treatments to straighten it. And I have straight hair and, oh, you know, I'm, I'm doing all this stuff, you know, buying these fancy, expensive ceramic curling wands to, you know, and watching these YouTube videos. I, I mean, I feel like we're always trying to be something we're not when it comes to our hair. And I'm guessing there's just maybe another layer when it comes to women of color. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So I have, I have some things here that I think that, because um, you said, as you're coming from your experience, it, there's not much you even know about um, black hair. So here's some things you should know about black hair. Okay. Perms make our hair straight, not curly. So complete opposite of what perms do to white hair. Um, we do not wash our hair every day because our hair needs the natural oils mm. that shampoo strips your hair of. So I, I'm now this is a conversation that has often been brought up in the workplace where um, white women have said to me, you know, so you only wash your hair every two weeks? Like, oh, if I did that, my hair would be so dirty. Like, and not realizing that you retorting with that, like you saying that to me is, is now saying to me that my hair is dirty. No, right. why can't we just live in our differences? We right. were not born with the same hair. So, and the reality is many white women I know who have curly hair only wash their hair once a week. So I did yeah. know that people with, cur- because curly hair, even for white people tends to be coarser and needs oil. And so for them, if they're washing it constantly, it just gets dry and frizzy and brittle. Right. See? So there's actually a lot more similarity, I think, than we might actually think at first glance. And I'm on the other extreme. Like when I was, especially when I was a kid, like once I hit puberty, if I did not wash my hair every single day, I looked like someone had poured a bottle of cooking oil on my head. Like it, you know (laughs) what I mean? I had that like oil slick, like I had to wash my hair every single day. And now I can get away with like every two to three days because of dry shampoo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, there are many different textures mm-hmm. of black hair. And as I already said, like, and sadly, the hair, the, the texture of hair that more closely resembles white hair is often coined, quote unquote, good hair, even mm-hmm. in the black community. So there's, there's this, um, we, we only, we also stereotype our own selves and say things like that hair is bad hair. This is good hair. This is that hair. Your hair is so nice because you have white hair. So that's another, yeah. I've also heard, I had a friend say recently that good, like quote unquote, good hair is also called, oh, I have Indian hair. 
or like Ivan the Enemy. Oh, yes. Have you heard that before? Oh, oh yes. Oh, yes. Okay. That's, that's a um, little inside joke um, <laughs> that, that everybody likes to say. You have Indian in your family because your hair is so good. Or, right. or Becky, if, if there is a, a Black person that uh, quote unquote has good hair, it is automatically an assumption that they are mixed with another race. Interesting. As if you cannot have quote unquote good hair and be fully black. Which is crazy because again, like I think of my own family, my mother has coarse, thick, dark, curly hair. Like what many people would consider like unmanageable even like she has to have special products to soften it. Um, she can only wash it, you know, like once a week. So, and I'm her, you know, daughter. Right. And I literally have completely different hair, like, and she's half my DNA. Right. And I have right. like, the texture, the color, the, um, vault, like everything about it is different, but so like, the, I mean, obviously genes express themselves differently. It doesn't mean you, you have, you know, some other ethnicity, like genes are funny. Yeah. It's, it's sad. The things that like, as we dig into some of the things that we say and do and think like, well, it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Um, here's a big one. Even if you ask nicely, please do not touch a black person's hair especially our kids like we're, we're not pets it is very offensive for you to touch our hair because it's a new style that you don't think that you can get or it's just it's it's very offensive so mm. don't touch our hair so is it okay to say like your your hair looks beautiful like is that is that making you feel uncomfortable if someone says like oh i love how you did your hair today or it looks so nice today is that okay so it's it's funny you say that because I recently changed my hairstyle and I was kind of like, man, every person is saying something about my hair, but you you like my hair, like it, no. So so to say that someone's hair is nice, I think it I think that like I said in the beginning, like there's strength in that. So mm, okay. if you like someone's hair, you like someone's hair, but but it's the comments that segregate our hair and saying that one is better than the other, or I like your hair better like that. And most people have always said they like my hair straight better. And see, that's so funny, because I remember the first time I ever saw you wear your hair, like just naturally curly. I, re I remember it so clearly, because I you it was like piled up on top of your head, and it looked almost, I think you had like a double headband or something in it, and it looked like a Grecian kind of hairstyle. And I was like, Oh, that looks so good. Like I love the, I, but I'm like, I just am biased towards curls. I, I love curls. I always wanted curls. So anybody who has that natural curly hair, I'm just in awe of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I remember you describing me to your husband as she just is so elegant. Like I love her hair. <laughs> It's also because you're really tall and well, you know, compared to me, I'm under five feet. So anybody who's like <laughs> tall with like a long neck and long legs, I just, to me, that's like, that's elegance embodied. I just, I want that, you know? Right. It's funny. Well, thank you again. So I'm going to get into another story and, and I'm going to see if you have any experiences here. So one of my um, Facebook friends had posted that she was watching uh, she was at the park and saw a white mom come to the park 
and she was uh, she had a black daughter, and she said that she thought that the black daughter's hair looked so good, so she went over to her and said, "Wow, what like what did you do? What did you use? Like her hair is really really beautiful." Mm-hmm. And Becky, the mom, started crying. Oh wow! She was like thank you so much for saying that. Like I struggle so much with even raising my daughter and like the, just the comments that people say. And I always want to make sure that her hair looks nice. And mm-hmm. thank you so much. It means so much coming from you that you think her hair looks really nice. That's really sweet. It actually does remind me of a, a story from my own experience. Um, I have a friend who has an adopted daughter um, and she's biracial and um, her, her mother is white. And as her daughter got older, you know, her daughter really wanted to have different hairstyles. And I remember my friend saying, you know, I'm really, I'm like scouring YouTube, trying to find videos and figuring out how to do her hair because, you know, my hair is so different. And I, you know, I, I need, I want her to feel beautiful and she is beautiful, but I'm, I feel so ill-equipped to, to help her but she like was committed to figuring it out. And her daughter always looks so cute. You know, she's got the little hairstyles and barrettes and bows and things, and she looks adorable. Um, But yeah, I think as white people, we grow up, especially if you don't grow up in a community where you have a lot of interaction um, with black girls, you like, I didn't even know that black hair like that people considered that a problem or, that they struggle. Like I had no, I just was completely insulated from this entire topic. Like you're going to laugh at me, but I don't think I even knew the word weave until like five years ago. And I'm going to be 40 in a couple <laughs> months. Like I'm not even joking. I just didn't know that was a, like, I didn't know. I but know what I mean? So what are, what are weaves called in the white community? Extensions? Extensions. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And even then, like, I, I feel like a lot of wh- white women, I feel like that's becoming like more and more popular extensions with white women. Um, oh, yeah, because that's where, what celebrities are doing. Right, exactly. It, this yep. is like a celebrity driven trend. And, you know, I think people want to switch up their hairstyles, they want to switch up the lengths and extensions let you do that. Except what ends up happening is, you know, depending on the extensions and how short your hair is, you can tell it's just like extensions, you know, it looks for a lot of women. I'm just like, just go with your hairstyle. Like you're not fooling anybody. There's a line. I can see the line. (laughs) Come on ladies. (laughs) But yeah, that's a, that's pretty fascinating. So question for you here, where do you think this mentality of good hair, bad hair, what is the root of that? Hmm. And I think, uh, I think it just all goes back to white hair, straight hair is, is the norm. Like that, that has been like from the example that I gave you earlier, corporate, how corporate America has already said, like, this is, this is what's professional. This is what's not. And I think that is what is, has been deemed good hair because that was the norm. A white woman's hair, let's say, is what has been shown as uh, marketable, right? Again, if we go back to what we see all the time, think about all the um, 
shampoo conditioner commercials. How mm. often did you see um, black women in those commercials? I, I still can't even think of one unless it's a black product. Right. So I think it's it's what we ha- what has been ingrained in us again that white hair is good hair. And then, like I said, we bring that into the black community and any hair that more closely resembles white hair or uh, as you said, Indian hair, right? It's, it's different than um, something that is easy. It, it's, it has to be different than what uh, is the typical, I don't know, black, black hair. Black hair is bad hair. If it's, if it's unruly, if it's frizzy, if it's um, not, not easy to tame, but there, there's beauty in all all hair there is beauty in it all but there's there's still the stigma in every community on what makes your hair good what makes your hair bad I guess if if you have to spend a little more time doing your hair in the morning then that makes your hair bad if it looks a little dry that's that's another indication that you have bad hair well we'll use different products use more water and then lock in the moisture with the with the product like there's just I, I mean, and I, and I'm a culprit, like I'm a person that has said that as well, that, oh, that, that hair is bad or that hair is good. And I'm glad that I have this type of hair and I don't have that type of hair, but then there's days when my hair gets on my darn nerves too. So <laughs> there's just, I don't know, where, where do you think the, the phrases have come from? And, and before this conversation, Becky, like what, what did you think in general about white hair, black hair? Uh, Indian hair. <laughs> so uh, you're going to laugh at me because again, this is just revealing my ignorance. I remember, so I was homeschooled from third grade through high school, but I went to a small private Christian school for K through uh, second. And there was one black girl in my class. I remember her, her name was Aloma. And she was, um, she was in, I think all three years that I went to that school. So I, you know, I, was friendly with her and she had what you would consider sort of that stereotypical black hair um, and her she lived with her grandmother and her grandmother would do her hair you know and like with the the um, like the big bubble uh, ponytail holders and barrettes and things like that um, and sometimes it looked really cute and then other times she'd come in and you could tell you know maybe it was a rush day right and grandma didn't have time to do her hair and I remember being just fascinated by it because it was just so different from mine. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like a, um, it wasn't like I'm like, you have bad hair. It's just like your hair is so different. And that's interesting to me because I find things that are different, interesting. And then as I started getting older, I started seeing women with what appeared black women with long, like silky straighter hair. And this is what I thought essence. And you're going to, this is where you're going to laugh at me. I'm like, oh, they must have come out with different products that like make, like change the texture of your hair. Like I was such an idiot. I didn't even realize. that all black people had the same exact type of hair. And then the products products had gotten more advanced. And so now the hair had like, they could, so it was like, you know, more like my hair, like silky and, and, and fine and straighter. And never realizing that, oh no, no, the women you're seeing like Beyonce, right? Who has hair like that. That's a, that's a weave. That's not her real hair. You know, it, it's, it's someone else's hair that's been sewn right. into her head. I didn't know that. So I, 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 um, 
I don't know. I think that a lot of, like, I wish I had been more educated. Um, I love hair. I'm a hair person. I think you kind of know that from, like, I always switch my hairstyle up. I'm always doing different lengths and I'm uh, like big, you know, watch YouTube videos and try all, like, I'm really into different braiding styles and Mm -hmm. um, I love hair. So to me, having different textures and colors and volumes and all, all the things that make hair hair, to me, that's just amazing. And I know how difficult silky hair is to work with. And like what I have to do to do a complex hairstyle, I have to add grit to my hair for the style to hold. So that's adding things like dry shampoo or, you know, volumizing products because literally you need the hair to stay in place. And when it's super silky, it just falls out. So it's kind of funny because the reality is what white women have to do to achieve certain styles are things that probably you wouldn't even have to do because you probably have more texture in your hair to begin with. I, you know, so these are things I, like, I really think if we could just sit down and like get to the bottom of it, we're really, we're really not all that different. You know what I mean? Like we're, we just want to look beautiful. We want to feel beautiful and beauty comes in all different shapes and forms. And it's not all this. If everyone looks the same, that's going to be really boring. Yep. Great. So I wanted to bring up um, a incident that happened a, a while ago. It was probably about 13 years ago with um, a uh, shock jock, Don Imus. You probably remember this. He, he used the term nappy-headed hose with regard to the Rutgers uh, women's basketball team. They were playing Tennessee in the uh, women's um, NCAA basketball championship. And he, he started by mentioning, I think he said something like, wow, those girls are rough. They got tattoos. And I mean, you know, they're, they're kind of bantering and he goes, yeah, I mean, there, there's some nappy headed hose or something like that. Of course there was this huge, ba- oh, and then let me, let me just say what he then said about the Tennessee team, because I found this also very offensive because I mean, the Tennessee girls, I mean, they're really cute. Nobody talked about that piece of it because I think the whole thing was like super disgusting from beginning to end, but I had never heard that term before. So I didn't really, I'm assuming that's like a, just kind of a derogatory, like stereotypical term that has been used in the past to demean black hair. Um, Do you remember that incident? And what are your thoughts about what happened there and how he was held accountable? Oh, yes. Um, so the, the nappy headed part, right? So let's just stop with that part <laughs> or start with that part. And that, yeah, that I guess, I guess where he was going with that is that, um, I don't know, bad hair versus good hair, I guess the Tennessee mm-hmm. women. And I don't recall Becky, how many were there um, with the Tennessee players, white women? So I pulled the picture up because that's what I wanted to see. It was exactly my first question. So I'm looking at the picture right now. There are, I see three white women out of 11. And, but then there are two extremely light-skinned black women. Um, like the one is so light, she could pass as a white woman. And she's got like straight light brown hair. Um, so, and all of them are lighter skinned. And I believe the Rutgers team, you know, they, they had a different look. They, they just, you know, that was not the racial makeup. 
of the Rutgers team. Yeah, I mean, I just remember hearing about the incident and just feeling like, what a racist, misogynistic animal. Like, yeah, I'm not, uh, and I don't remember him. I remember people saying, like, how dare you say that? Some celebrities stepped up, but I don't remember any real backlash or anything like that against him maybe his show doesn't exist anymore so maybe it did work (laughs) well he was fired he was he was initially suspended he lost a ton of sponsors um and so then of course what happens when you lose the sponsors then they decide to fire you because the money went away and you know how that that that's how it is right nfl doesn't want to make any changes until suddenly you know it's going to hit their wallets and then suddenly colin kaepernick is their hero right i mean that's how corporate america works but he did get a show later and he continued to say you know he would hide behind the fact that he's a comedian so he should be allowed to say whatever he wants and we can we can discuss whether comedy has the right to say certain things versus like you know, that's a debate we could have, but I don't think he is a comedian. He's a shock jock. I don't think that's I didn't laugh. Thing. So I'm I didn't laugh kidding. either. Yeah. But, and then, the, and then the go as far to the hose part, like, I, I don't even know. Yeah. What, what, what are you talking about? Where? <laughs> well, then they made, they made some kind of um, comparison to, I guess, a Spike Lee film. I'm, I'm going to forget the name of the film, but he said something about, oh, it's like the Jigaboos playing the wannabes. And I'm like, so you're just making this worse. Like they, they literally said that on air. I'm like, what, what are you doing? What is this? Like, wow. yeah, I, pretty yeah. crazy. But I, that did definitely come to mind as I was thinking about just, you know, continuing racial stereotypes around hair and <clears throat> instead of just embracing, like, we don't all look the same and that's okay. Right. And, and one I, is not better than the other. And I don't even remember like what their hair differences were. I just remember like watching the game. I wasn't thinking about their hair. <laughs> Watch the game. <laughs> I, I mean, do they, do they do that to men when they're playing? But like, are they criticizing the way the men look um, in the oh, NCAA yeah, right. men's oh, championship? Yeah, right. Oh, look at that guy. He's really cute. The other one though, he's a thug with his tattoos. I don't hear that when it comes to the men. So, um, do we want to talk about um, hair love and that, yes, that animated short? Yes. Um, ironically, came across this animated film. I came across it yesterday and someone had brought it to my attention. And I'm like, wow, how perfect for what we're speaking about tomorrow. So um, I, I loved, loved, loved it. And it was so short and cute. And then the ending was so powerful. Yeah. And you know what else I loved about it, Becky? that it it um went directly against the fatherless home stereotype <laughs> that father was taking care of his daughter and he was trying to do whatever he could to help make her feel beautiful yeah. and that is that is what i would like to be um put out there more because that is the type of home that I live in that I'm raising my kids in with a strong black man that loves his children. And that is what we need to put out there. Not the fatherless home that uh, the uncle Tom film said is the black community's fault. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So for those who have not seen this movie, first of all, go check it out. It's 
like seven minutes long. So it's, you can really quick, you know, and it's um, free. And it's free. free. Just Google it. It's called Hair Love and it's created by um, a gentleman named Matthew Cherry and a woman named Karen Rupert Tolliver. And it won Best Animated Short at the Oscars this year, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. It was either this year or it was last year. Um, so very recently. And in the story, a little girl wakes up and she looks at the calendar and she sees the today is marked with a heart on the calendar. It's a big day. We don't know what it is, but we know she wants to look her best. And she's looking at like YouTube videos, trying to figure out how to do her hair. And she's got like this, you know, huge mane of curly hair. And you can see she's really overwhelmed by it. And in the end, her, her dad ends up helping her. And he, at first he's like, it's like a battle, right? He's like fighting the hair. And then, then they work together. She shows him the videos and, and he, he helps her and it's, it's so sweet and beautiful. And there's almost no spoken words in the, in the short, there's a couple, but it's, it's mostly just through facial expressions and gestures, which is really powerful. And in the end, the little girl is going to see her mother who is um, in the hospital and appears to have just finished chemo treatments and has a bald head. And you know, at the end, they kiss and embrace, and the daughter shows her a picture she's drawn of her mom with her, her beautiful bald head, and the mom takes her scarf off, sort of like she was, just as she had empowered her daughter to feel beautiful about herself with her hair, her daughter exchanged, like, returned that and made her feel beautiful about having no hair and feeling just empowered in accepting, you know, the, just the beauty of nothing on her head. And it's, it's like, I, you can't watch it without shedding some tears. It's very moving and powerful, but I, I loved that. I loved the message. I, you're right. It was, um, this, this beautiful family moment, like such a simple moment, but, um, I loved seeing the dad interact with his daughter. I loved seeing her persistence. Um, she was a fiery little thing. I loved seeing, you know, the, desire she had in her heart to tell her mother that she was beautiful even without her hair because that's a whole nother topic right because there's people who you know lose their hair maybe they have alopecia or you know something else or maybe they're going through some kind of treatment and they lose their hair and you're right we started this conversation by saying so much of our identity and how what we think of ourselves is tied to our hair and so kind of rethinking what, what is beautiful? Like, what does that even mean? Yeah. And who is the judge of, of what's beautiful and what's good hair, what's bad hair. And like, I, I just, I go back to, again, just be careful of your words and what you say to people about um, their appearance and their, what they look like. And just the, the, the separation again of the things that I've heard of, um, how we treat our hair differently and one being better than the other. Just be careful of your words because they hurt and there's, there's strength in your hair and it makes you feel good when you have a good hair day and somebody says something about your hair that's good. So Amen to that. You don't have anything nice to say about my hair, don't say anything at all. <laughs> Go back to Bambi, right? Yeah. Isn't that Thumper's mom says, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. That's a good, I really feel like that's a motto that people need to 
um, take on more because we, we're just, people are too free with the things they say. And if you wouldn't want it said to you, don't say it to somebody else, right? Like that's a really basic principle. Thank you for listening to The Heart of the Matter in Black and White. Please join us next time when we will be discussing race and education and highlighting the pivotal role that race still plays in our country's education system.